So, I was looking at my lower control arms in the rear, and I took a rock pretty hard. It, it held up. It's not bent. It's just scratched the the pretty silver paint that was on my Terraflex mm-hmm. control arm. But I also did, on the JK, I did the uh, rear shock uh, skid plates because your shocks are hanging down pretty low. Yeah, any of that skid. stuff. It doesn't have to be control arms. Anything that hangs down yeah. low. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Anything that's exposed. This Jeep Talk Show flagship episode is brought to you by Realtruck.com. With over 1 million parts plus and accessories for your Jeep, truck, and life, Realtruck.com is home to brands like Rugged Ridge, Go Rhino, Havoc Off-Road, Infab, uh, Omics. Did you help me under, uh, pronounce Omics one time, Chip? I don't. Is that Omics or Omics? I always say Omics. Omics. I'm going to say Omics. I like that. Alloy USA and more. Check out Real Truck's latest apparel collaboration with the 1620 Workwear on Realtruck.com. I'm Tony, and welcome to the Jeep Talk Show, where we put the fun in off-road fun. Chip, you remember the FU port that I always uh, that I would always reference? It's still it's still stuck in my head when I see that. That's uh, with Bob. I thought the, that was with Bob. No, no, uh, but the FU and fun. I think that's uh, <laughs> just it, it's funny to me. <laughs> Yeah, well, see, and I can I can hype my little Facebook page. People can follow as Jeep Fun Off Road. Oh, uh, so there's the FU in that uh, that page as an well. FU in that too. Yeah. <laughs> so this is the only show where you can hear Jeep owners talk about things like mud, rocks, and giant tires, and not get weird looks. So strap in, grab your favorite beverage, and get ready to laugh, learn, and have a damn good time. We guarantee that after listening to us, you'll have the sudden urge to go buy a Jeep and hit the trails. Don't say we didn't warn you. You know, Chip. Right before we started recording, you were talking about uh, grabbing your favorite beverage last night on the uh, the roundtable episode, and uh, it, it did. Some something to you uh, last night, didn't it? Yeah, well, John Lee had strongly recommended that Garrison <laughs> Brothers bourbon, and I've decided that Texas bourbons are a little stouter than some of those Kentucky Uh-oh, ones. Oh, that's going to refine, more refined in Kentucky. You're gonna, <laughs> you're gonna start a fight, uh, and you, <laughs> and you, and you were saying you woke up as a furry this morning. Is that? Is no, that no, what? no, no, no. I, did, I woke up fuzzy, fuzzy. fuzzy okay, completely that's completely different. Than completely being a furry. different. Okay, so I don't identify. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> on tonight's episode in our news stories, the Avenger 2024 is now available. That's an EV uh, chip, or, or is it? We're going to find out. In our Jeep Gladiator update, painting the motor-built uh, skid system. Yeah, I haven't painted or installed it yet. I know, I know. What the hell am I doing? Uh, and uh, and must have for your Jeep, chamois real leather washing cloth. I don't know why they call this cloth. It's not a cloth. It's leather. Do, do you know what a chamois is? Yeah, yeah, I, I thought you were supposed to wear those like loincloths or something. <laughs> you can. That's a great. Oh, oh okay. that's a that's a great oh, Halloween. Purpose. That's a great Halloween outfit, or when you wake up uh, in the morning after having bourbon <laughs> and you're feeling fuzzy. <laughs> a nice moist chamois on my forehead might have felt good. <laughs> I don't think anybody uses chamois anymore. They're wonderful, absolutely wonderful. If, even if you don't wash your Jeep, uh, it's great getting the the glass because you do want to see outside out of your Jeep. It's great getting all the water spots or all the water off the windshields and the the glass so you can see clearly well the chamois i mean what in the 70s 80s that was the way i always washed the car because it didn't scratch the paint yeah now you got all this microfiber crap but it works but hey i just i can't believe they're still selling the uh the the chamois because it's leather i mean nobody they don't say i think it's cow leather but i'm not actually i'm not sure but it's uh it's leather that you have to wet and wring out and uh, well, we'll talk about it more here in a bit. It, like it, recycling cows. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, if you're going to kill an animal, make sure you use as much it, of it as possible. Make its its life worth uh, something. Yes. 
Are you ready? It's time for the Jeep Talk Show with hosts Tony, Josh, Wendy, and Chuck. Hi, I'm Chip, and I've been busy planning my 2024 Jeep adventures. <laughs> Looking up furry. I know what you were what you were busy with. <laughs> furries, furries, furries. All right, so uh, the Avenger is going to be available for 2024, and or the 2024 model is now available. Uh, and uh, I just want to point out, this is a story we talked about a while back. The Avenger is meant to be a fully 100% electric Jeep. Why? Because, you know. The people, What's the range? I didn't even look. People, but, okay, people a, are bad. People are bad, and we shouldn't be polluting. We shouldn't exhale. It's like the old Steve Martin joke uh, where they say, you mind if I smoke? And he goes, no, you mind if I fart? Fart, If you're going to smoke, just don't exhale. You know, keep it to yourself. Um, But uh, this is interesting because uh, now Tesla is uh, is putting along uh, with uh, with their vehicles. And doing quite well, making some money on them. Uh, but apparently GM, and this is a couple of weeks ago, maybe longer, GM is, uh, I think, dropping EV production altogether. I believe I, heard, I believe I remember that right. And Ford, just like yesterday or the day before, announced that their uh, Ford F-150 Lightning is, uh, production is going to be cut in half for 2024. I think they're getting tired of losing sixty to $30,000 on every Ford F-150 they make. That's what I was just getting ready to ask. I thought, you know, they were losing so much money, so they just got their losses by 50%. That's a, that's a good <laughs> exactly. business move. Exactly. That's a good business move, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I, I find it interesting. I don't, I don't watch the headlines on EV vehicles that much. I mean, it, it doesn't fit for my area being in the, in, in rural Illinois. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, well, I, it's not something I'm excited about, although I think it could be, and you've always said, it's the wave of the future. People oh, yeah, are, definitely. You know, we're going to probably have electric or alternative fuels, hydrogen fuel vehicles, something, but... This is it. it I, I saw a picture of this Jeep you're talking about. It, it has a Jeep. It says Jeep on the hood. <laughs> yeah, uh, I got it. <laughs> I see where you're going there. Um, and, and there's nothing. And again, I want to make sure I, I don't want to come across as well, I don't want to come across as a EV basher or a UAW basher or any of these things that you people think I'm bashing about. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, that's part of my charm. And uh, But uh, EV, I mean, electric vehicles, absolutely. I mean, what a great idea. Fewer moving parts, uh, more efficient. Uh, yes, 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 yes. But we don't have the battery or the power because uh, I, th- I don't think batteries are going to be the answer. I mean, I think it may be the answer soon. I mean, there may be a battery involved in the vehicle, in the EV vehicles, but I think that we need something that generates electricity, you know, kind of like the, the gasoline uh, generates the, the explosion and the power to push it down the, down the road. I think we need to have something in a tank or something that we add to the vehicle. Uh, I mean, I, I'm all for fusion reactors because I think a fusion reactor, especially in the Ford Fusion, because that was just uh, poor marketing. I mean, uh, the truth in advertising, <laughs> they need a fusion <laughs> reactor in the Ford Fusion and you, you, you load it up and it's good for 20 years, you know? So, uh, but, but there's yeah, absolutely. Com- there's companies working on small fusion reactors now. I mean, there's, they're they're making them like three foot long that could possibly fit in a vehicle. They're 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 working on, but I don't know whether I want to drive around with a nuclear reactor in my back seat. Oh, or that a, just sounds exciting. <laughs> <laughs> 
and it keeps you warm. It's like the Martian. You remember the Martian where he, he brought that uh, uh, fission reactor and put it in the in the vehicle so he could get uh, warm from the from the radiation. He was calculating up how much radiation he was going to get for the drive because otherwise he would have frozen to death. You don't remember that? It was hilarious. No, I don't. I was, yeah, watch that I, movie I again. My favorite Martian, which which, which Martian was? Bill Bixby, uh, with my favorite okay, Martian. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the yeah. Hulk, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, that's not it. That's not the one, Jim. He didn't, he didn't turn green, <laughs> yeah. That's what caused him to turn into the Hulk. So the, the new Jeep Avenger, Avenger has earned widespread, <laughs> widespread industry acclaim, clinching the multitude of awards, including the prestigious 2023 European Car of the Year. I, I don't, I mean, yeah, I mean, Europeans are okay, but... You know, I don't know. Uh, they got little streets, and they, they have to pay a lot for fuel. Anyway, best family SUV. That, that's a kiss of death. <laughs> the 2023 uh, Women's World Car of the Year uh, and Electric Car of the Year in the Top Gear UK Awards. Unveiled at the Parts Auto Show last year, the European Car of the Year 2023 has collected over 40,000 orders and played a pivotal role increasing Jeep's segment share in the B SUV segment in europe is it like a b-roll movie or a b movie the first my first comment would be well whoopee <laughs> I mean, what what do you do <laughs> <laughs> um you know i'm just i'm thinking how do i get the the government or the governments of the world to advertise the jeep talk show because even if it sucks people are gonna you know 40 we'll have forty thousand downloads because this whole EV thing, it it, it it doesn't make any sense. You you were commenting before the, we started the show. You're out in the sticks. And an EV, this doesn't make sense for you because you have to drive a long ways. It, it doesn't at all. And, and I, I don't know. I mean, in Europe, things, I mean, you look at the in New England and, and areas that everything's so congested. Yeah, real or, tight. Or I shouldn't say congested. That everything's so close together. Right. Right. I mean. So you can drive two hours and go from what Washington D.C. to Baltimore. Three states, yeah. <laughs> and, and if you drive, if you drive two hours in Texas, Tony, what you, you're halfway to someplace, maybe. Well, no, you're you're still in Houston. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I've right. said it before. I'll say it again. Houston, when uh, when you're in Houston, you're always an hour away from Houston. So there you go. Houston's <laughs> Houston's really really spread out. And, it's just and, on the north side of town. And well, you know, and, and you know, uh, this isn't anything having to do with this story, but it just dawned on me. They, they're I forget what it's called. Not a metroplex, but they they are foreseeing a one huge city in the future for Texas: Houston, San Antonio, and Dallas Fort Worth will become what? yeah the, that i mean dallas is four hours away from me uh being the houston area so they're talking about the growth in that area being so big it'll wind up being one big city is that because they're going to open the borders what <laughs> <laughs> no no just because of the number of people we have moving here and uh the, the growth of texas i mean we've we've got tesla we've got uh, spacex we got a bunch of other things so uh, but uh, no, they're just talking about this being one big city in Texas pretty soon. So uh, you will uh, pretty soon, whatever that whatever that big conglomeration city is going to be, be called. You'll be four hours away from from one edge of the city to the other eventually. Anyway, that's wow. neither here nor there on this. So the 100 percent electric version, mind you, version uh, of the Avenger uh, features a 400 volt electric motor, providing a worry free. <laughs> 
Uh, I love this. <laughs> Somebody in marketing. A worry-free range of up to 600 kilometers. Hey, calculate that. What's that in, in real uh, real, uh, real measurements? Uh, according to the WLTP standards for city driving. Additionally, its fast charging capability offers a daily range of almost 30 kilometers in just three minutes. So you can charge this thing up for three minutes and, and get 30 kilometers, which I think is like a mile and a half. And, and like I said, in real measurements, it's not. Well, is it's, it like 60 miles is 100 kilometers an hour, something like that? Oh, I don't know. And there's probably people yelling at their radio right now, right? Because it's... But... So actually, the range isn't too bad. Six hundred kilometers works out to be three hundred and seventy-two miles. Uh, quite often, you know, as <laughs> as we find out from uh, EPA uh, standards, that the uh, the MPGs aren't always uh, accurate, uh, and uh, the uh, results the, may vary. Yes, your your mileage may vary, and the the three minutes of charging uh, will give you thirty kilometers in range, which works out to be eighteen miles. So if you work twenty miles uh, from from home. Uh, you'll almost get there. Uh, the oh. walk will only be two miles. Does it come with pedals? <laughs> it should. You should be able to remove the the floor the floor so you can uh, pedal that thing like the Flintstones. I mean, looking at the picture, it looks like it's a little smaller than a compass. Yeah, probably. I mean, you need all, all the benefits you can get. Um, I mean, it, it, actually, they're probably working on one that's inflatable so that it's just plastic. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't. And you can put helium in it and then just float to wherever you're going. <laughs> that's right. So, uh, I mean, this is great. I mean, in the world of EVs, uh, things certainly are improving, uh, but it's nowhere near. I mean, for me personally, uh, I was actually looking for charging stations the other day here in uh, the, 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 the west side of Houston. And there were several charging uh, Tesla charging stations, uh, but they're all along I-10. And, I mean, it makes sense. You know, it's like cell service. Like cell service used to be, most of the cell towers were along the highway. So when people were traveling, they could use their phone. You know, back when you were paying $0.45 cent a minute to, to use those things. Um, and uh, But, then, of course, that's spread out and coverage is better. And I'm sure this is what's going to happen on chargers eventually. But if you're making the decision for this to be your primary vehicle, that's got to be a real concern about where, the, where you're going to get charged. And, you know, it didn't dawn on me until I was looking for these chargers. What if you live in an apartment? I mean, it's one thing to have a house where you can plug your, your vehicle in. But what if you live in an apartment that doesn't have chargers? And, and, and what happens if something happens to your house and then you got to move into an apartment short term? Or you get a divorce and you have to move into an apartment? I mean, not what are you all hotels do? even have charging stations. Some do. Yeah. There's more and more. But I I'm, I don't even know. I'm unaware. I think it's 30 miles away is my closest star- charging station. There are none in my little farm town. It's a population of 5,000. Um, hell, there's 30 miles away. Is I'm 30 miles from Attica, Indiana, from the Badlands at the off-road park. They've got a Jeep charging station there, a yeah. solar one. Yeah, of course but, they do. But there's no, but there's, there's, I don't even know where I'd go get a public charging uh, within 30 miles of my house. Yeah. And, and that's the problem. And, and there have, all these people are having, all these companies are having to fight that fear. Uh, if the range was double, then I think that a lot of that fear would, would be, uh, would subside. I mean, you could charge up your vehicle, your electric vehicle at your house. And if you had yeah. a, a 600 mile range, uh, I mean, a realistic 600 mile range out of it, wh- what would you care? 
I mean, you could drive you could drive around for a long time looking for a charging station, or maybe just drive your ass back home. <laughs> you know, yeah, right, right. so and this is where my point is, as far as that, it's just not these EVs just aren't ready. Now, I, I will mention this again. I am a Tesla stock owner, and I'm very happy with Tesla. I, I think it's great. But me buying one, I, I mean, I wouldn't mind having one, but I don't like cars. I want a truck or a Jeep. So you know, they just came out with a Cybertruck, which which I'm very impressed with. But to me, that's not a truck. I mean, you know, a truck is the thing that we saw from the the 40s and the 50s and the 60s and the 70s and the 80s, and it looks like a truck. And and, and the the Cybertruck doesn't look like a truck; it looks like a car. But but it pretty much has to be that way because it has to be more aerodynamic because it doesn't have the battery cap, cap uh, capability. And the other thing we have to worry about is if the Cybertruck sales are very very good, that thing has a huge battery in it which means it's going to take longer to charge. And the uh, the electric infrastructure is going to be taxed even more. I mean, you talked about uh, the, the small reactors that they're, they're working on. Not, right. not Tesla, but, you know, like neighborhood right. re- reactors. You didn't mention that, but the, there's actually neighborhood reactors that they're working on. Right. That, right. Uh, with, these were. Yeah, we supply uh, the, the, the power for the neighborhood. We're going to need that. We're going to need more ways to get more electricity to be able to charge these vehicles. Not, not. But wait, I'm not programmed to engage in such frivolous activities as jokes. I'm a highly advanced artificial intelligence, not your neighborhood clown. But if you insist on hearing something amusing, how about this? Why did the robot cross the road? To get to the charging station on the other side. Bah! I cracked myself up. Oh wait, I don't have emotions. Never mind. So, it... If the grid, I mean, if you're already getting brownouts certain times of the year, California, whether it's California <laughs> or or Texas or whatever, I mean, you, right? You, yeah, it's happened in Texas. You've had some electrical shortages, and and, the, and and I'll just mention real quick: the reason why is because of renewable energies. The focus was on renewable energies in Texas for the wind and solar, and then we didn't have the capacity when wind and solar weren't available. <laughs> and well, we yeah, and we were out we were out of power for 36 hours here at the house weren't they and but they weren't they like renovating or updating some of the plants or something too and it was just a, a perfect storm but i don't understand the the renewable energies you know you, even the windmills right the fiberglass blades those are not recyclable they bury those in the earth you talk about um when we get into to the lithium battery discussion you know how much lithium is out there? People are are, are clamoring to find your lithium mines that they can use to get more. And then when we dispose of those batteries, are they recycling the lithium batteries, or what? What's happening with those? Is this really green? These are all these are all questions that the the, the politicians don't want you to ask. <laughs> Sixty. What? How, what's the percent of coal burning? electricity we're still using like 60 percent 70 percent something like that well i don't know if it's uh, i don't know about the coal but all alternatives and i, I mean even, even elon musk has said that we it, it, it's nonsensical to try to get uh, completely off of uh, uh gas whether it be natural gas uh, or oil or any of these energy sources coal any of these energy sources that we've been using because we don't have the ability to generate vast amount of electricity uh, on with alternatives. I mean, 
Come on. I mean, frankly, uh, the, what was it? The China syndrome, which I think there, it was, there was a negative connotation for nuclear power anyway, but certainly the, the movie in the 70s, I believe it was, with Jack Nicholson, the China syndrome really hurt the, the nuclear energy because if you want something that clean energy and very abundant, nuclear energy is where we should have been and should have been for, for decades. And this right. wouldn't even be a conversation. I mean, uh, yeah, you get an occasional meltdown. I still think it's funny that Hershey's uh, Hershey, Pennsylvania was a meltdown, you know, chocolate melting. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's people that are making decisions based on emotion and not logic and facts. Well, and, and the nuclear, you can regulate the nuclear where there's so many still nuclear plants that are operating. Yeah, and that's a good way to raise the price, too. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> So the, the, I really like the idea of these uh, simple, uh, self-contained uh, nuclear reactors uh, that uh, uh, you can put uh, near a neighborhood and and, mm-hmm. and uh, move that because you know there's a lot of losses in power lines uh, because of the resistance in the power lines that whenever you're moving these this power across the the grid you're losing energy and we definitely need to be in a situation where we have more electricity. We're, we're absolutely going to need that. E- even if we just don't do anything except continue to use batteries in vehicles, we need a lot more electricity so we can charge these vehicles, and uh, ex- especially California. California is doomed because they're not going to do nuclear reactors. They're all going to do they're going to do wind and solar, and they're going to tell you, well, it's going to be like the, uh, the 70s whenever you had even in odd days that you could buy gas. Uh, you, you know, even in odd days when you can charge your EV. <laughs> I just came up with a great idea. What This is our million dollar I was going to say, is this a Jeep Talk Show million dollar idea? So people go to all these health clubs and run on treadmills and ride exercise bikes. Can't you hook that up to the grid and then be generating electricity uh, at the health clubs? Do you know how, how much uh, extra work you'd have to put into moving that tread just to generate electricity? <laughs> Well, you you increase the resistance oh, just tenfold, <laughs> <laughs> leg snapping. <laughs> yeah, I mean we're going to get there. It's just uh, we're just not there yet, and I don't see anything on the horizon where we're we're going to be there uh, within the foreseeable future. And but you think back to to Henry Ford and when he comes out with a car, and how many people were still riding horses and yep. and buggies, and they're like, "Oh, these cars will never go over." You know, the big wheel, those original big wheel cars that look like a carriage with a motor on it. Yeah. Where are we at today? So we have to start somewhere. No, no, and- absolutely. I, I completely agree. But this artificial interest in EVs that is being pushed by the, the government and its green agenda, I think, is it's being realized when you see uh, two of the big uh, three saying, oh, we're not going to be making EVs anymore. Uh, oh, we're only going to make half the EVs we were planning to make. Uh, because uh, the public just doesn't want it. So, uh, I mean, the White House would probably say this is a mes- messaging problem that we're having. <laughs> no, it's right. a, a right. freaking fact and logic It's a reality yeah. challenge. All right, so let's talk about this one. Uh, <laughs> again, remember, I'm not going to bash, I'm not intentionally bashing the UAW. <laughs> Stellantis layoffs at plants in Michigan and Ohio. Uh, plants that build the Jeep Wrangler, Gladiator, and Grand Cherokee will move from three shift of workers to two because the company says it needs to limit sales of those vehicles 
to meet California emission rules. I think so there's California some emissions. Runs the whole country? I think How there's does- some emissions here, but I'm not sure they're talking about the same thing I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's a strange. So, well, uh, because you talked in the previous episode, right, about California dealers are, may not stock internal combustion engines. Cars, yeah, California but, uh, has some sort of rule. I don't have it in front of me here, but they're they're basically uh, was it twenty thirty or twenty thirty six or something like that. They don't want uh, any sales of uh, internal combustion engines, ICE vehicles, in the state of California, and apparently thirteen other states have uh, climbed on board that that same idea. So uh, Jeep is not sending uh, internal combustion engine Jeeps, or is not going to be. I can't remember which one it is, uh, to these 14 states. And if, if you're a consumer in one of those 14 states, including California, you have to order it from Jeep with an internal combustion engine. Or go to another state and buy it. But then you also have to pass the emissions test, right? So they could play a game and pass emission tests that, an internal combustion engine doesn't qualify for emissions. Yeah, period. well, in California, I would I think that the rule in California is is that you you can't sell a, an internal combustion engine uh, vehicle in California. I think that's the rule. Oh, you know what? I just realized I I completely forgot to mention on the the, the last story on the Jeep Avenger. Yeah, that even Jeep is changing their tune. Uh, GM and Ford cutting their EVs, but Jeep is tr- changing their tune because there's going to be a Avenger Jeep Avenger model with an internal combustion engine. So they'll have an all-electric version, and then they'll have a one with an internal combustion engine. Uh, you read 1. it. What was it? Liter. It was yeah, 1.2 liter petrol, which this is going to be European uh, engine, capable of developing a maximum output power of 100 horsepower. It's about like a Cherokee <laughs> at 5,500 <laughs> RPM and a torque of uh, 205 nanometers. Yeah, this mm-hmm. is all. This is Europe all over it. Uh, with a six-speed manual gearbox. So I do not remember there being a gasoline version of this uh, vehicle whenever we first reported on it a, a month or two ago. So I think that they're they're hedging their bets here so that they can uh, make sure this, this vehicle is sellable to you know people like you, people that are out in the sticks. Right. I think it's a hybrid reading on another article here too. But okay. Anyway, it's but it's still 100 horsepower, a little... It's a good commuter car, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It, not something I'm interested in. Not something I would consider a Jeep. I mean, it, looking at it from from how I look at Jeeps. Um, anyway, getting back to the Stellantis layoffs. So uh, I don't know exactly how the California thing has anything to do with this. I think it personally, I think it's kind of a smokescreen because what just happened with Stellantis and UAW? The UAW strike and then... I don't know. We don't know what came out of that, right? Right, but but so. you can you can figure that they had big gains. In other words, the the Stellantis is now going to be paying more money to the workers, which yeah. to me is never a bad thing. Except when I I have to pay more for the vehicle because the workers are making more. Uh, I mean, I, I think I think everybody is worth more money. I mean, some people aren't. We all know who those people are. <laughs> but but yeah, I think I think people always uh, are worth more money. But I, how you get how you get it, it may uh, may be a problem. For example, if you work at McDonald's and and you're now making fifteen dollars an hour, uh, and McDonald's is looking at the Tesla robots. <laughs> 
you know, you kind of have to be careful what you you wish for or threaten people with because there's always other solutions. And and we I think we've mentioned this before. What do you think is going to happen whenever uh, minimum wage workers start making fifteen dollars an hour or twenty dollars an hour? Everything's going to go up. It's, the, the, it's all inflation. It, it, yeah. It, oh, and it, do we have gonna... do we have inflation now? Oh, oh, we do, and it's big. And now the fifteen dollar yeah. an hour workers, the twenty dollar an hour workers are going. Well, that sucks. This isn't fair. It's those fat cats that own the businesses that screwed. No, that fat cat didn't screw nothing. You did, expecting right. to have well, that kind of income. Well, the, I, I don't. I, I think people need a. Uh, if they're willing to work a 40-hour week, they ought to be able to live on that. And and you could argue whether minimum wage gets them there or not, but but it, I don't bash the workers on this. I and and they didn't close the plants, right? They're laying off one of the shifts. So they've got they're running well, they're, 24 they're, hours. They're day closing now, one gonna, of the shifts, but there's a fear is that this will lead to layoffs. Well, it could. It's going to affect the night shift workers or whichever shift they they curtail, but I, is it a repercussion of the of the strike and and having to pay more is this california how can they say that california is going to affect jeep manufacturing to that point the i don't think thing, there was that many jeeps sold in california that would yeah the only thing i can think of is because uh california has this rule and 14 other states are are, are going by that same rule so you know, when's it going to effect and those are mostly east coast looking at that list of 14 they're mostly all East Coast states, with the exception of Washington and Oregon. Mm-hmm. Well, it's 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 a good time to move to Texas, is what I'm thinking. Um, That's where then at San Antonio to Dallas to Houston are all going to be one big city because everybody got fed up. Yeah, exactly. So uh, Stellantis said it plans to temporarily uh, temporarily cut a shift at one of its Jeep plants uh, in Detroit and make other changes at Jeep plant in Toledo, Ohio. That the automaker says will lead to job losses. Okay, well, there it is exactly there. That There is going to right. be layoffs. So the right. automaker, which owns Ram, Chrysler, Dodge, uh, and Fiat brands, said it is uh, filing worker adjustment and retaining notices, uh, notification notices with respective government and the United Auto Workers Union. But out of the abundance of caution, the company cited the need to manage sales of the vehicles it produces to comply with California emissions regulations uh, that are measured on a state-by-state basis. So we're talking about uh, like 2,455 workers uh, at the Detroit Assembly uh, Complex and uh, another uh, 1,225 at the uh, Toledo Assembly Complex. And... I don't know. I mean, it certainly doesn't say it in this this article, but I firmly believe this is a cost-cutting measure uh, due to uh, declining sales, but also to the UAW strike. Possibly. And and, and what a crappy time of year to announce layoffs at Christmas, right? I mean, wasn't it just a year ago when they shut down the Belvedere plant? Yeah. Um, You know, and that was right at Christmas. So, Merry Christmas. You're laid off. Ho, ho, ho. (laughs) Well, that's an alternative employment. Well, they can go to go to McDonald's and make twenty dollars an hour. <laughs> you know, when it comes time to wrench and repair your Jeep Wrangler or, or four wheel drive vehicle, the clothes you adorn are often just as important as the tools you use 
for repair. With that, Realtruck.com has teamed up with 1620 Workwear for their first ever apparel, apparel collaboration featuring American-made, high-performance apparel, apparel, I have a hard time with that word, uh, clothes, things you put on, uh, <laughs> that guarantee that are guaranteed for life, whether you're wrenching under the hood, wrenching out of a mud hole, or gearing up for the next big job. 1620 and Real Truck bring you the workwear apparel to help you get the job done right and in style. Check them out at realtruck.com or in today's Jeep Talk Show show notes. And this is uh, episode 945. Just go over there and you will see the link to realtruck.com slash 1620-realtruck. You know, I was just thinking about wearables. I remember out at Easter Jeep Safari, F.U. Bob was wearing his uh, YouTube certified mechanic uh, logo shirt. (laughs) <laughs> which I always get a kick out of. He gave me a link. Actually, he, he provided a link to uh, the Jeep Talk Show team uh, on one of our meetings, and uh, I think it's a pretty cool-looking shirt. I mean, I, I kind of like the, uh, the the polo shirt that uh, that Chris wears that has the Jeep Talk Show logo. But well, yeah. uh, but the, the one that Bob's, uh, the FU Bob uh, wears makes him kind of look like a mechanic. And then they see that, that uh, certification thing on his sleeve, and then they go, oh, you're a certified mechanic? He goes, well, YouTube. And then they read YouTube. it and laugh. It's just hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> the YouTube certified mechanic. That's Bob. Hey, there's nothing wrong with YouTube, and there's nothing wrong with doing your own work. You do not have to be a ASC certified mechanic to work on your Jeep. Um, so oh, I've used I've used YouTube so much just on little things. You know, you mentioned that you did it when you were looking at repairing the trigger on your pneumatic uh, air gun. Yeah, your, your and decided not to <laughs> not to work on it. <laughs> well, yeah, and then sometimes I make the same choice. I watch it and I go, oh, shit, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, but I don't even know where I would get the parts. Uh, I mean, the, a lot uh, of times there's little steps that I'm like, oh, I can do that. And then there's some little, you know, you watch a couple of YouTubes and you pick out a little step that you would have missed otherwise. Mm-hmm. Well, when the guy pulled out the saws all to get to the, get to the switch, I went, well, <laughs> I don't know. Duct tape, a half-inch uh, pneumatic drive may, may not uh, be the thing I want to do. Well, that's true on modifications too, right? If I see somebody pull out a sawzall when they're doing a modification on their Jeep, makes me cringe a little bit. I, I like <laughs> bolt-on stuff better than having to cut cut B pillars or yeah. anything like that. Yeah. Gladiator. My name is Gladiator. Gladiators. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here? So, Chip, I have more stuff to paint. I keep buying crap for the Gladiator that needs to be painted. But Good. I vastly uh, would, what am I trying to say here? I much would, uh, I would much rather want to paint bare metal, especially stuff that could rub against rocks and other things, uh, than getting it with, uh, what's that crap called that comes off? Uh, powder coat. Yeah. Um, and, and I think I learned from Josh that, uh, the, the powder, actually it was another guest. I think Josh mentioned it too, but there was another guest that was, I was talking to about powder coating and apparently, uh, not everybody does powder coating correctly. And no, that leads some to powder some, coating yeah, that surfaces. leads to some, some very negative connotations about having powder coating. They do it cheaply. You know, you, you kind of get what you pay for. And there's some companies that will brag that their powder coat holds up for a long, long time. Um, I don't think any powder coat's going to hold up against rocks. 
Well, not when it gets scratched off. And then it, it it's kind of like back in the day. What, didn't everybody run out and try to get their car Z-barded or something? And then you end up finding out that it's actually plugging the drain holes or it's uh, <laughs> it, or it's holding the moisture against the metal and you actually end up rusting underneath yeah. it and you can't see it. And no all that no modification goes unpunished. Um, right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, but, but the, the, to me, powder coat looks nice. Uh, but if you're if you're going to use your Jeep as a Jeep, and uh, I mean, hell, you maybe maybe you have no plans in going off road, and you have a nice powder coated bumper, and then you get in, in involved in a little fender bender. It may not even be your fault. But now the powder coat gets damaged, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, and listener out there, correct me if I'm wrong. If you know, uh, you can't repair powder coat except remove it all and repowder coat it. I'm not saying you can't half-ass it. You certainly can half-ass it, but if right. but it, but if you want it to look like it did, you, the whole bumper has to be powder re, uh, repowder coated. I think you could touch it up with a with a can, but yeah. it's not like I, you said I, half-ass. Half ass, you can half-ass anything. Yeah. So so why would you start off with something that you may have to half-ass? I mean, if if you really aren't going to be uh, damaging the bumper or running into something in the bumper, and you want to, you know, roll the dice, and you're not going to have a wreck or anything like that, yeah, sure, fine. I mean, it's your Jeep; you do whatever the hell you want to do. But for me personally, I would much rather rattle can it to start with, because when I rattle can it to fix it, it's not a, it's, it's it's at least five eighths half ass. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, in some of the talk show you know meetings, we've talked about a lot of the parts come as bare metal like you're doing mm-hmm. where you're going to paint it yourself have the finish you want go with the color you want and you've got confidence that you're you're doing all the steps right but you know sometimes you know I was talking with the main I won't start listing manufacturers off but some of the higher end manufacturers were bragging to me that their powder coat is just better and lasts and, and their powder coat's going to last 10 years or something now granted if you drag it on a rock and you scratch it I suppose on the bottom it's going to start having issues but they're also the cheap ones you get that say oh yeah it comes powder coated but that that's so thin and it's such a cheap job that like you said there's different standards that each one uses so you have to do a little due diligence in trying to find if you are buying a powder coated part it better be a good job that they've done on it you know there's a waterproof uh, standard the ip rating they need a, a powder coat rating so that whenever you go to buy something, that rating has to be met. Uh, I mean, to, to be able to get that stamp, uh, you know, a PC thirteen or something, uh, and, and you know, you get this uh, this cheap junk from China through Amazon, and it has a, a PC of two. <laughs> you go, well, you, you know what you're getting there, right? So, right. don't you hate getting up day after day to that same old annoying alarm announcing the Jeep Talk Show alarm clock? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? What's the matter, sleepyhead? Need a few more minutes? Well, you're in luck. The Jeep Talk Show alarm clock comes with a snooze. How are you, sir? How are you, sir? Good God, How Mom, you, stop. Sir? I don't want to go to school. How much is the Jeep Talk Show alarm clock? $100? $50? No, don't be silly. It's only $49.95. And if you order now, we'll throw in a Jeep Talk Show sticker. It's just in time for Christmas. The Jeep Talk Show alarm clock, not available in retail stores. Void where prohibited, not an actual product. Warning, the Jeep Talk Show sticker may never arrive. No, if if there is an option for uh, powder coat or bare metal, I always order bare metal. Uh, and and the other thing too is is that why would I want to pay for something that's just going to be crap in ten years? Even uh, I mean, not everybody keeps uh, keeps vehicles for ten years, but I think you're more likely to if you have a Jeep. Well, you've got a lot of the steps down that you're doing on preparing the spare metal, right? Like, 
Well, that's kind of my concern is because, uh, I mean, I painted uh, the bumpers on the XJ, both front and rear, and I've had zero issues with it. I, none of the paint has come off. Oh, yeah, there might be some little rust spots on it and stuff, but none of it's flaked off. But on these motorbuilt bumpers, uh, now the first one, the, the front bumper, I, I, I had been a long time since I did any painting of bumpers, and I forgot to sand it. But mm-hmm. I but I did clean it with um, oh, what's that crap that uh, you put a brake cleaning fluid. I cleaned all the grease and stuff off of it with the brake cleaning fluid, and that might have been a mistake. I don't know, and that's one of the reasons why I'm bringing this up <clears throat> because I read recently that people are using mineral spirits to remove all the oil and the grease uh, that's on the the bare metal that's put on there to keep it from rusting to do the flash rust and everything else that that bare metal can do. Uh, now. I don't know. I mean, I'm pretty sure that's what I, I that I used the uh, the brake cleaning fluid for the the uh, the XJ bumpers, but on both the front bumper that I forgot to sand, that one flaked off pretty bad. And but I took the time of uh, cleaning and sanding the rear bumper, and now it's come off. It's not nearly as bad as what the front bumper did, but now it's parts of it has flaked off. Now maybe I just missed a spot, but I mean. I didn't want to do this more than once, so I think I did everything that I needed to do. Well, I mean, preparation is critical. Yes. Right? If you get in a hurry and then you skip a step. But metal is more porous than what a lot of people think. I mean, right? It looks like it's a shiny piece of metal and it's solid and it's a a firm surface. But there's porosity that if you skip the sanding... Or if you don't clean off all the residues. Oh, certainly. If, if you process. still got oil on there, it's going to be a problem. Right. Yeah. Right. So whatever you're using to prep it, you need to make sure to do your homework that it evaporates or dissipates to the point that it's not going to be another layer under that paint. Right. Um, <clears throat> so what I've been, and this is why I'm bringing this up. It's so people out there can uh, can help me with this, call in or send emails or whatever. But the the way I'm going to do the, the motorbuilt skids, which are going to be, less critical because it's going to be underneath the jeep and and you know i'm gonna have to be touching it up anyway but i'd rather not have to pull the the panels off to get to the the section that you can't see uh but anyway uh so what i'm going to be doing is um i most recently looked this up uh, right before uh, this episode uh and uh people are using mineral spirits which i don't think i have but i'm going to get some of that because this is what they're using and uh, they're sanding it with 120 grit uh, sandpaper, and I've got I've got various things of sandpaper already, so I'll use whatever I got. But it's uh, it's not a 60 grit. I think maybe I've got some 80. I may have some 220. So I got stuff somewhere in that in that range. And I don't think it has to be 120 anyway. You're just trying to get that uh, get all the the stuff off of it. Uh, and once I've uh, cleaned it and sanded it, I'll clean it again with the mineral spirits. And every bumper that I've done that I've painted. Uh, and sl- and some sliders, rock sliders that I put on my the wife's TJ. Oh, and also too, she has a nice winch bumper on the front of her TJ uh, from JCR, and I painted that one, and it hasn't had the flaking issues either. So this is the strange. Maybe there's something on the the motobuilt bumpers that I'm not getting off. Maybe there's something with that that metal that they use or some coating that it has that I'm not uh, I'm not getting off of there. I may need to spend more time cleaning it with the mineral spirits. Anyway, um, so I, all of them, I use the uh, Rust-Oleum uh, Automotive Self-Etching Primer Spray. Because mm-hmm. I, I know you want the etching stuff so you can get down in that metal, get the, uh, right. get the paint right. to adhere to it. And right. um, the, uh, hell, maybe it's even the, the paint that I'm putting on there afterwards, which is uh, I'm using the Rust-Oleum uh, Stop, Stops Rust Spray Paint. 
uh, flat black. Uh, it looks really good uh, on the bumper, and uh, it, it goes on there pretty quick and, and dries pretty quick too. Uh, and that's another thing. Maybe I'm not giving it enough time. Maybe I'm not getting the uh, given the uh, the primer enough time to uh, to set. I mean, I, I'm reading the instructions, and uh, yeah. But but anyway, so uh, I got I, I have to uh, do all these, and because this uh, the motorbuilt skid system for the Gladiator is so large, I'm going to be installing this stuff in pieces. Uh, which uh, I spoke with Rob uh, Bender uh, the other day. Uh, it was on uh, on one of our episodes, uh, and he says, "Oh yeah, absolutely. Put you can put the belly pan on, and uh, then uh, you know drive around with that, and then uh, put the other pieces on as you're ready to go." So my plan is is to focus on getting the belly pan, which is the first thing you you install, uh, getting that uh, uh, primered and painted and uh, and ready to go, and uh, then figure out a way to lift it up in place without damaging the paint. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, that we I did mine in a garage just without a lift, and we just used a floor jack. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna do. There, there were two of us, which made it a little easier. But mostly, it was uh, one person could do it. The two came in handy because we needed to run and go get this bolt or this wrench or or whatever, so the guy could still be under the jeep while the, the yeah, that's very handy. The floor jack lifted the place, you know, lifted it into place. Um, really well. I did a. I did. I went with the rock hard four by four system. I think once you start bolting that in, though, Tony, you're going to want to put the whole system in because it all just kind of ties. Well, I'm not going to be able to because the rest of it isn't painted. Uh, I don't have room to paint all of it one time. Oh, okay. so I, I'm going to focus on the the. And then the neat thing is, is that I can uh, work on the next piece once I get the the the, the belly pan in there. I'll have a little sure. more room, and I can work on the next piece, which will probably be the the uh, oil pan engine right. uh, thing, because right. that makes the the sense most sense to me. To first off, you want to uh, protect the transfer case, transmission, and stuff. Now let's put on the that skid that goes up front and uh, protect the the front of the engine. And then sure. the uh, the other two skids, yeah, it'll so it, it's nice. It's very nice the way they have it set up, and also too, you don't have to support anything whenever you're putting this stuff on because you don't take the transmission uh, brace out of there. Uh, you just no. put this uh, up, and uh, I'm just I'm just really looking forward to uh, to getting that on there. It's just such a damn sexy skid system, so flat, well, nothing it's great hangs down. Of mind. When you're off roading and you hear something rub. I mean, I, I always you just go, what, well, what's a skid plate system? And I'm like, flip over a matchbox car and look how smooth the bottom is. Exactly. That's basically what you just did, right? You've got a solid system that, okay, yeah, I just hit a rock, but that's that heavy skid plate is there to handle it. And it's probably going to slide off a lot easier mm-hmm. because it's smooth. And really, it's, I mean, I, I, it was fine. I went to EJS. I, I, skid, I, I slid on things. It's fine. I mean, that that main uh, that main bar that goes across there is bent a little bit. So, <laughs> but it didn't come off. Well, but <laughs> but, you, but you, it, let me per, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here. An airplane wing, an airplane wing is flat on the bottom, and then it's curvy on top because it causes the air to move slower yeah. on top, creating lift. Yes. So. Is this thing going to make me take off like in a tornado or a hurricane? <laughs> Only if you've got a 392. Oh, okay. I'm good then. All right. <laughs> yeah. And that's a great, that's a great, uh, the, a great uh, analogy, the Hot Wheels. Because, you know, you see that and then you see the reality yeah. of the vehicles and you go, what is this porous piece of crap? Look at all these holes in here and all this stuff around there. So I'm just waiting for a, a, a nice uh, litter of uh, cats to, to make a homestead in my, uh, my skid system. <laughs> 
You know, well, I haven't had anything really build up in there too much. You know, you got to kind of try to get in there and wash it out. And yeah, if you're on, especially any you know, mud. Yeah. Right, right, right. But it, where you were talking about it at Moab, I mean, yeah, there's there's waterfalls and steps and things we're going over and you're going to rub once. But if you get in an extended rock garden that's like, you know, a quarter mile long, that's just got basketball shaped rocks all over in it and you're bumping and bumping and bumping repeatedly. Um, you know, we've talked about having your, your diff covers, you know, heavy duty diff covers or diff skids, but, but having that whole skid plate system where your, your oil pan, your transmission, your transfer case, your gas tank. Even the exhaust system is, is protected by this motorbelt skid system, which is so cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, they're really, if you're going to do a lot of more aggressive off-roading, it's something to really consider. And it's not a terrible, terrible expense. I mean. No. You know, somewhere you can probably find a system for a thousand in in the two, one to two thousand dollar range, and then you've got all that protection. And of course, this is just a first step. I mean, uh, you mentioned the uh, the the diff skids and the the diff uh, covers, the heavy duty mm-hmm. ones. You you have to consider that because you may not you may re- forget where a rock was, and then that that <laughs> the gravitational uh, force of that rock to the diff was going to happen and cause damage there. So, uh, and then the you have to be shift on the trail. I mean, you, <laughs> it's you, like trees jumping. Up. Yeah, well, that's true. But I was thinking about the cheese trees jumping out in front of you, uh, which trees is a, do that too. Which I've is a joke. A dented, I've got a dented fender from a tree that jumped out <laughs> right behind me, and yeah, damn moving trees. And then the the other thing is uh, you have to protect the uh, the lower control arms because you can bash those things on rocks, and that can, can yeah. ruin a day. So, I was looking at my lower control arms in the rear, and I took a rock pretty hard. It, it held up. It's not bent. It's just scratched the the pretty silver paint that was on my TerraFlex mm-hmm. control arm. But I also did, on the JK, I did the uh, rear shock uh, skid plates because your shocks are hanging down pretty low. Yeah, any of that stuff. Plate. It doesn't have to be control arms. Anything that hangs down yeah. low. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Anything that's exposed. Yeah, so this is just a first step, and and you know, and that kind of makes the fun thing too. Because let's all be honest, it's just fun getting stuff and bolting it to the jeep, you know. And it's just, a continuous project. It's a sickness, but it's a good one. <laughs> yeah. It's a good addiction. So it anyway, is. Uh, is. this is uh, the, you know, in the big scheme of things, do I need a skid system? Nah, probably not, especially with the the, the amount of wheeling I do. But if this is something I wanted to do before EGS twenty twenty four. Uh, I think it's just a good thing to have uh, overall because you right. never know. Even if you're not an off roader, uh, you may be one in the future, or you may be in a series of events where you have to be. So you might as oh. well have your Jeep set up in an emergency where you can get from point A to point B and not have to worry about it because it really doesn't cost that much. I mean, even having it installed, I bet you it wouldn't cost more than 500 bucks to have this installed, especially the motorboat skid system because it's, it's, there's, it doesn't require a lot of effort. Typically, all those holes line up. They've got them yeah. drilled where your bolts go in to where there's already holes in the frame and you're, you're, you're using existing holes and everything inter, interlocks together. I, you know, I don't, it's a very well thought out system. So off road is one thing, but I've driven enough highway miles and there's, you know, there could be part of a pallet that fell off of a yep. truck, some road debris. Um, there was a piece of metal um, laying in the road one time it, it, that fell off of a semi or something. And it, it reached up and just, it looked like a tiger had clawed my front bumper on a, it, I was driving a, a Dodge at the, a car at the time and an intrepid. And, it just looked like a, a tiger had taken its claw and ripped 
the whole b- front bumper. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, so if you've got the skid plate system and you do happen to come across road debris, it's there to protect. I mean, you're not going to puncture your gas tank. You're not going to damage. I mean, it's, it's protecting you from anything like that. Yeah. If you were able to puncture the gas tank or uh, damage your transfer case or uh, pierce the oil pan, that would be a hell of an impact, uh, especially, I think, for pretty much any skid system. So, uh, yeah. Well, I, I fragged an oil pan. My, I was taking a shortcut down an alley in, a, in, my, in the 80s in my wife's BMW, and I didn't pay attention. It was just a flat alley. But at the end of the alley, the sidewalk had, was lifted up about three inches, and it had washed out around that. And when I went over that sidewalk, oh, I fragged no. my wife's oil pan on the BMW. Oh, my goodness. And, and then you have to pull the motor to replace that oil pan. Sure. So with a skid plate system, it's protecting you from those urban urban challenges as well. Yeah. From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G. And you guys talked about uh, getting your Jeep ready for the winter. And uh, here in North Carolina, we're coming up close to our two weeks of winter. And so I take my Jeep. My 96, because apparently my 97 doesn't seem to have a heating problem. But the 96, I take the uh, thermostat out for the summer, and I put it back in in, for the winter. Don't know why it's a Jeep thing. Hmm. Well, that's not why I'm calling. I'm calling to tell you that the other day I was working as a leader of an orchestra. Yeah, and I got struck by lightning. It's my own fault for being such a good conductor. (laughs) <laughs> now that's Still funny all right boys and girls i'll chat you later and you have a good one bye so we're coming up on the end of the year uh i wonder where the average is going to land for for nikki g on the percentage 18 percent funnier or not maybe on the jeep talk show webpage we need to put put uh, a poll a survey to a see survey. whether people feel like he's 18 percent funny i think we need to put something up there not a survey but just to vote and 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 actually have the, what the percentage is and announce that on the the final episode <laughs> for 2023 <laughs> i mean if you can't abuse your nikki g who can you abuse Right. All right. Coming up later this week, uh, tomorrow, actually, Friday, uh, we uh, every Friday is an interview episode. We have a great interview with uh, Anya of MyTop. And uh, you can go to MyTopUSA. That's the name of the site, MyTop.USA. Uh, I like to say, go topless at the push of a button. <laughs> sounds, like, like, uh, sounds like uh, Mardi Gras and uh, a handful of beads. Yes. I like that. <laughs> All right. And our must have stuff for your Jeep. We were talking about earlier a, a chamois. Uh, and, and, and just me trying to pronounce this thing, looking at the word, because uh, I've been using one and saying this for years without actually seeing the spelling of the word. This looks like chamois. Chamois, or like Illinois. Chamois. <laughs> but sometimes I mispronounce stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, R- Rendezvous. How helps. do you spell rendezvous? And yeah. I always just yeah. say rendezvous because it's spelled that way. Yeah. My my wife hates it whenever I say debris, uh, but it helps me spell it right. Debris. <laughs> yeah. And because she hates it so much, I always, when I'm just not, just throw it in there as debris. And she goes, stop saying that. <laughs> it's, a guy, it's a guy thing. <laughs> So, uh, this uh, natural chamois, real leather washing cloth. What do you think that is? You think that that leather is uh, is cow or sheep or? Uh, I think it's cow. I think it's cow. I think it's so finally. too. It's huge. This one, I, she's holding that oh, girl that's Lord. holding it up. Unless she's two of these, you could make a dress. You could make a Wilma Flintstone dress out of this. I was thinking about 
what was it, Bo Derek in the movie Ten? But oh, yes. very true. Yeah. Very true. <laughs> Uh, and, and, and oh, and the the bonus is you'd have to get it wet; otherwise, it'd be all hard. So it would have to be worn uh, wet. So damp, moist, yeah, damp, moist. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, anyway, uh, it, they say a real leather washing cloth. I don't know what this. I don't think this is technically a the term we're looking for on cloth cleaning towel. This thing is only nine dollars and forty nine cents, and I think everybody should have one. Do you have a, a chamois that you use on the the rare occasions that you wash your 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 Jeep or maybe your other vehicles? No, I have one. It's in the basement, um, but. I used to use it because it got the water spots. It, it it took the rest of the moisture off at the end. Yes, exactly. I mean, they're talking about it being a cleaning cloth. No, the, the, the vehicle has to be it, the vehicle has to be spotless. Otherwise, you're going to get up grease and dirt and everything embedded in the leather. It gets embedded, and then you're then it's not as soft or smooth, and you could still damage your paint. But mm-hmm. typically, I'm just using sponges and microfiber cloths. Um, but I, I think this works so great for the like the windshield or the the windows. It gets the glass super clear, and and you don't wind up with water spots that you're looking through. Right, right, yeah. Well, I I always well cleaning the windshield. Like my when I'm off roading, you're on day one, or you're pretty clean. But do you get to the end of the trail that day, you go the second day, or or let's say you go through a mud hole. I'll go out and clean up. I bought. I go to like Napa or one of the parts stores and buy that foam window windshield cleaner stuff. Yeah, and the squeegee. Buy, oh, with the yeah, squeegee. and then I've got a, a roll of those blue shop towels in the back that are really soft as well. Mm-hmm. You know, you and can man, get those squeegees for free at gas stations. No, not a squeegee. The the aerosol can <laughs> that you spray on with the foam. I hate. Oh my god! That's, so our local gas station went to the cheapest damn squeegees because I guess people were stealing them. <laughs> yeah, it's they like umbrellas. Were, umbrellas yeah. are free. <laughs> I'm almost ready to change gas stations just because they got shitty squeegees. <laughs> yeah, so that's a joke. Don't st- don't take the squeegees, people. But you can get them. Um, you can get them at Walmart and stuff. Uh, but yeah, I actually I need to do that. Come, come to think of it, on the trip to uh, EJS to the Moab last year, I, I really needed squeegees, uh, and not all the gas stations had them. Uh, they didn't even have little right. reservoirs to, to, to dip them in. But uh, oh, yeah, so anyway, that's why I use the shop shop cloth with the aerosol can, and I don't have to depend on squeegees and. My, and the big thing is, too, if you're taking pictures, you know, you're taking video, you got your, unless you've got a GoPro mounted outside, you're you're taking pictures through the windshield. Well, you're using and if that, it's covered with crap, all your pictures yeah, look like crap. You're so. using the, you're using the foam to clean your, clean your GoPro at that point. So this yeah. is ideal for car, uh, cleaning car, window, mobile phone, a camera, mirror, glasses, watch, jewelry, uh, which they misspelled on Amazon. Uh, silverware, <laughs> etc. Durable, no dif- dif- deformation, deformation. <laughs> It doesn't deform. <laughs> Convenient <laughs> for carrying with. <laughs> Easy so, for you to say. Yeah, yeah. So just look at uh, episode 945 in our show notes, and you'll have a link straight to Amazon. You can buy a chamois anywhere, but this one is uh, $9.49, and it's uh, Amazon approved. It's huge. You know, it's always a little sad when we hit the end of the trail, but there's always another trail ride just down the road. Jeep Talk Show has four episodes a week, Tuesday through Friday. Don't forget about our chick chat every other uh, Monday, so that would be five episodes on those weeks. Subscribe and never miss an episode. Speaking of subscribing, consider keeping the Jeep Talk Show on the air. We don't know what the hell we're talking about because there's no air. Uh, by subscribing to the show via Patreon. You can just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and find all the ways to contact us and sign up for our newsletter and also to become a Patreon subscriber. 
Chip, thanks a lot for being here again this week, and uh, hopefully we're going to have you back here so uh, we can uh, uh, hear some more good Jeep, uh, Chip Jeep Million Dollar Ideas. All right. Thanks, Tony. Appreciate it. Broadcasting since 2010.